0: Wild Turkey Distilling Company, Lawrenceburg, Kentucky. Copyright 2020, Campari, America, New York, New York. Never compromise drink responsibly.
3: This is the Rotowire Fantasy Football Podcast. Here's your host, John Helton.
1: Hey everybody, it's John Halpin. Welcome to the Tuesday, November twenty-first edition of the Royal Wire Fantasy Football Podcast, sponsored by FanDuel. Jake Letarski is with me today, and we're gonna help you with your waiver wire heading in. You got a short week, everybody. No waiting on your waiver stuff. Not that your league probably lets you, but we got three games Thursday, Jake. So people need to move quick, refocus. Week eleven's mm-hmm. over, but week twelve starting right away.
3: Yeah, absolutely. Thanksgiving's actually one of my favorite little uh football, you know, normally people are against the Thursday night football games, but I, I do like the Thanksgiving games, especially the, now that there's three of them. It gives me a very nice distraction. I like playing a little fan duel game. That's when I, I always get in on a couple contests there, you know, using their head to head with friends and family and as, as well as just uh, a couple tournaments to make the holidays a little more interesting, a little more bearable, if you will, sometimes. But uh, but overall, yeah, really excited for a three game slate and, and the quick turnaround here with the playoffs right around the corner. And, and Derek set up, by the way,
1: Everybody, check out RotoWire. If you're trying to figure out how to do fantasy, for, if you're going to be with family on Thanksgiving and you're trying to figure mm-hmm. out what fantasy to do, and you're not competing with anyone in your fantasy leagues and maybe, you know, you're doing FanDuel or, or that's on your own, mm-hmm. Derek's come up with, he has an article about what to do on Thanksgiving and how to play everybody, you know, do, mm-hmm. doing a draft and setting up a three-to-six-team league just for the three games on Thursday just so that you and your family and friends uh, can have a, have a little bit of fun
3: while you're watching the games and uh, eating turkey on Thanksgiving Day. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and and his best pro tip in there that he sneaks in is to use – a pre-existing scoring system that you're already going to look at. So whether it's your Yahoo League or you're playing on on Fanduel, uh, that that'll do all the scoring for you because all those players will have their points, and that'll just save you a little bit of time at the end, towards the end of the night when you're thinking about getting that Uber or Lyft to uh, get yourself or, or or that or that obnoxious drunk relative home. You know, <laughs> a lot of incentives. Uh, re- read the piece; it's a fun annual thing. It is. I think I
1: might get my mom in in on a Thanksgiving Day fantasy game now. That can be mm-hmm. it. So yeah. It's, it's a manageable like, player pool. Who's Tyrell Williams? What? What's going on? All right. uh, Anything Monday we want to talk about? It was fantasy-wise. It was an entertaining game. I'll say that.
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I didn't really have a whole lot riding in that uh, across my leagues, which is weird. There's usually a couple that have something to Monday night. I basically needed Russell Wilson to get shut out completely. And he did the exact opposite of that, throwing for 258, two scores, one on the ground running for 86 yards, man. I thought he was going to bring him back and tie this game on his final drive, but they came up just short, just, literally just short. Blair Walsh, just short. Mm-hmm. Um,
1: otherwise, in that game. Let's see. Tevin Coleman got the job done for you. It wasn't pretty, but he got mm-hmm. the touchdown. So if he got you got double it, you're digit good.
3: fantasy points, you exactly. know, 11 and a half fantasy points and he got a touchdown called back in, uh, in the second half that yeah. was, it was pretty close. I think it was the right call, but it was also a very close one. So he could have easily had two touchdowns uh, in this game. It was just a matter of inches here. Um, I would assume Devante Freeman would be back next week uh, against Tampa Bay. Still good matchups for the, both of them, I would think, but that does Drained from Coleman's value a little bit next week. Yep. And Seahawks backfield still no clarity.
1: Um, Thomas Rawls, healthy scratch. Eddie, Eddie Lacey.
3: <laughs> yeah. It, it's, it's such a mess. Yeah. Lacey three carries for two yards. You know, your standard dud Eddie Lacey performance uh, McKissick looked okay. Cause that's who they had to use with Rawls inactive. I mean, they gave Mike Davis six carries early on and he even caught two passes for 41 yards. Mike Davis, who you're talking about, Jake and John, uh, some guy that they activated off the practice squad and apparently was featured in the game plan but then he got hurt in that game and i don't know what his status is but it didn't necessarily look great to me i think they're dealing with uh more of those issues uh it was a groin injury it looks like right. so who knows i was you know in the first quarter of the game i was starting to prep this outline and i wrote mike davis down by the fourth quarter or after the injury i had just crossed it out because i don't Really know how viable he is as a waiver anymore until we get more clarity on the health. Yeah, too bad we might have
1: had some. But J.D. McKissick, we'll talk about in a little while. Uh, double digit touches. All right, everybody. Twitter, if you need any help before Thursday or anytime, Jake's at Jake Ski fifty two. I'm AJ Helping thirty seven. You can also tweet us at Rotowire. Check out our news feed at Rotowire NFL, or you can find us on Facebook, where Jake will do his five thirty Eastern uh, waiver wire podcast. Sorry, Facebook Live Q and A today. This is the podcast, the live this, chat's later. <laughs> yes, thank you. But yeah, you're a busy guy today, so um, check that out if you want. If, if this podcast doesn't provide enough, which is would be startling to me, you're going to check out Jake on the Facebook Live Q&A at 5.30 yep. Eastern Time on our Facebook page.
3: Exactly. So. I, I like to think we're pretty thorough on this, and, and I run through all the names, but if you're listening into this and you're thinking, man, that doesn't sound right, or do I have this ad drop dilemma, and you want to ask a follow-up question later on in the day, that would be the perfect time to do so.
1: All right. Um, let's get to it quarterbacks we always start with the drop candidates um i mean at this point i mean it's it's it depends on if you keep two quarterbacks or not is
3: mariota a drop candidate he could be um he's a very tough drop candidate and i own him in two leagues however in both of those leagues my other quarterback is kirk cousins and carson wentz and i don't really see a matchup the rest of the season where mariota I'll, I'll be super encouraged to start. I'm going to keep them just in case almost as an insurance policy because the next two weeks for Mariota are good at Indianapolis and versus Houston. Um, And then then the heads to Arizona, which is a little tougher at San Francisco. And then you're in the championship where he plays the Rams probably not starting him there. So there are a couple startable matchups here. If you're uh, if you're rotating quarterbacks like I do sometimes to my detriment usually Uh, but if you're rotating quarterbacks or are are struggling in the or in the quarterback department or your opponent that you're about to play in the next two weeks is one of those owners that was riding high but lost to Sean Watson or Aaron Rodgers and and is risky keep him for that reason because you don't want to release Mariota to your opponent the week before he plays the the Colts or the the Texans some rough pass defenses there so uh, that's the only reason why I wouldn't necessarily rush to drop him but I can see – I mean if you're in an 8 team league, you can probably drop him. And, and if you're not starting him in a league and your core opponent's quarterbacks are set, then maybe you can let him go if you really need one of these extra options.
1: Yeah, I, I think the one hesitation I'd have about that with him – I mean obviously you know, this may sound like a reaction to last Thursday's game where he was so bad. But um, the game before that, Cincinnati, they said before week 10, hey, we're going to turn him loose a little more on the ground. And they did. He ran mm-hmm. six times for 51 yards. I, I guess the, you know, the injury issues were, were holding him back for a handful of weeks there. Mm-hmm. Um, I know last week it didn't work out on the ground. He did get the touchdown. He didn't get a lot of yardage. But if they're going to let him keep running, he, he becomes sort of those, you know, possible QB ones in a lot of circumstances just because we think he's going to get something on the ground, even though week 11 didn't show it
3: for us. Yeah. Um, And and Corey Davis coming back, being used more as a weapon. Again, we haven't quite seen it yet. We'll talk about him again later, as we usually do. But, uh, you know, you'd think that that would keep things progressing for Mariota. I mean, week 10, he played 90 snaps against the Bengals and only threw for 264 yards. So it's that that's not quite the production we're looking for. But I'm not completely sold on it not being there. Yep.
1: All right. the, uh, The news on the quarterback front. Uh, for the Colts, Jacoby, speaking of those Titans, the Titans are playing at Indy. Jacoby Brissett, technically, we're doing this Tuesday, a little after 11 o'clock Eastern. Jacoby Brissett, technically, still in the concussion protocol, but they are expecting him to play as of now. I mean, you, know, you never know with concussions, it's different than other injuries that, you know, there's, there, are, there are procedures they need to go through. He's in the protocol. Um, but we, mm-hmm. we think we're going to see Jacoby Brissett. The other one is the 49ers still do not appear to have made a decision about who's going to start for them in week 12 a
3: quarterback. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a tough situation and maybe want to stay away from now because even Garoppolo, the upside might be limited there. But uh, related to the whole Jacoby Brissett concussion thing, of course, we've got Jay Cutler dealing with a concussion. Um, and then, Matt, of course, Matt Moore came in to that game after Cutler managed to throw, what was it, three interceptions and accumulate all of like two fantasy points. Right. Um, so so much for streaming options there against a pretty soft Tampa Bay secondary. But uh, like Brissett. Cutler's in that uh, situation of a a fringe streamer guy who is in concussion protocol and may not be available for your two quarterback leagues.
1: All right. Um, The other one. Let's see. Jameis Winston not ready. So we're going to see Ryan Fitzpatrick again. He's at Atlanta. The the Falcons defense seems to be I know they gave up 31 points last night, but there's still a little uh, against Tampa. I, I think a pick is is with Fitz. It's always in play, right? Mm-hmm. So. Yeah,
3: yeah. I, I think the Falcons defense, of course, they're going to be way owned everywhere now. So the, it's not really a streaming option, but uh, oh, yeah, no. I guess it's Fitz- no,
1: no, no. Uh-uh. You, Wait a minute. Really? Really?
3: Yes. I Even Hold after on. Adrian Claiborne breaks out out of nowhere. 17 percent ownership for the Falcons defense. Jeez. On oh, OK, yeah. well, wow. Maybe they might move to the top of the streaming defense. Mm-hmm. See? See, We're catching ourselves. I totally overlooked that. I <laughs> think go. just one of those things where my gut instinct thinks, OK, the fantasy community is smarter than this. They're going to be rostered. Not 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 quite the case. Wow. All right. So what else do we got here? Uh, the Bills? We're not sure yet. Right. The, the, mm-hmm. I, we think
1: it's going to be Tyrod. It's gotta be Tyrod. You would think. Mm-hmm. But if I, not, the Chiefs defense is uh is jackpot if it's Nathan Peterman again.
3: Yes, so. absolutely. But now the now the Chiefs defense, on the other hand, is one that I do remember looking at and I think that they are, are, are quite owned. Yes. Um, in that league. I'm looking, I'm looking through that and we're looking in, uh, yeah, 93% on. So that's not going to be an option. Maybe Falcons against Fitzpatrick, but, um, yeah, yeah, I don't know. The chiefs defense has had their some games this year where when the chiefs have gotten ahead early on, they've given up, uh, the secondary has, you know, a lot, a lot of, Points and yards towards the end of the game. So, um, you know, if you have to, and are in a pinch, I'd be more inclined to stream Tyrod Taylor because of the rushing than I would be Peterman. They somehow haven't made a decision yet. The whole thing's kind of a mess to me.
1: Um, Blaine Gabbert, Derek and I talked about him. He threw three touchdowns, and the thing is, Blaine Gabbert is not—he's not bad. He's—he's probably not a guy you want to start for your real life football team, but. He's, he's gotten beyond that, oh, he was a first-round bust thing. And actually, as a backup quarterback, he's somewhat competent. And he runs a little bit, which is kind of nice. Mm-hmm. Uh, however, he's going to play again this week at home against the Jaguars.
3: Yeah, so. best defense in the league, highest-scoring fantasy defense by just about any metric. Yeah. I don't think you can mess with that.
1: Just bad. Um, the one guy I wanted to ask you about, if you're going to stream um, and pick up somebody – So the Raiders defense has been getting destroyed by opposing quarterbacks, just Mm -hmm. flat out killed Brock Osweiler coming into Oakland. Could you?
3: You could. I don't necessarily know if I feel all that great about it. Um, the, The thing is, is I actually threw the Raiders towards the bottom of my streaming defense list because it is Brock Osweiler and they're the over under on that game is like forty three and a half. So there's not expected to be a ton of points being scored at all. So um, overall, you know, that's that's what's doing it for me. I mean, but on the season, you know, through weeks one through 12, I mean, the Raiders have given up 17 touchdowns and they haven't recorded an interception yet. So that's skewing a little bit. The fantasy points allowed to opposing quarterback numbers. But uh, the last two weeks, they, got, they gave up 339 and three touchdowns to the Patriots three hundred eleven and three touchdowns to the Dolphins. Uh, the Bills didn't do a whole lot. But then Alex Smith tore him up three hundred forty two and three yards. So uh, you're right on that, that uh, the, the the recent sample size makes you think that the Raiders are, are are an opponent to target. So I could see it again if you're desperate. But um, I'd almost rather stream Tyrod Taylor if he starts. Um, you know, I, there's, I think the, I would the stream do. options are, are, are pretty tough.
1: I mean, it's one of those, as as I say every week, anyone. uh, There are many people about which you can say, he's a good DFS tournament play. But Osweiler, there's an argument for Osweiler, I guess is the way I put it. Running backs. um, We're talking about drop guys, a couple of injuries. Chris Thompson out for the season. All right, Dante Foreman out for the season too. And I need to uh, apologize. Uh, Listener Michael Herbert pointed out yesterday. Derek and I, I was red zoning Sunday. Um, I scanned the news yesterday morning before we started because we do it a little early and we talked about Foreman and Miller and, you know, Foreman had two touchdowns and neglected to mention the potential Achilles injury, which I saw but didn't see the actual news that he might be out for the season. Mike pointed it out on Twitter. Um, So, Mike, thanks a lot. So, anyway, we're talking – Derek and I spent about a minute talking about Foreman and Miller yesterday for for no reason because Miller's done for the year. Would you – be interested if you are a lamar miller owner do you do you generally handcuff at this time of year and say, sort of get rid of the the stuff on your
3: bench that you won't use and try to handcuff instead i don't know i handcuff my absolute stud unquestioned rb ones but miller's one of those fringe guys where i'm not necessarily sure um with the way that offense typically operates that the backup running back to lamar miller is going to be more productive than one of the other options on the waiver wire that we'll discuss on a given week so if they're one of my elite guys like James Conner, I could see making a handcuff at this point in the year for Le'Veon Bell. Um, that that's one where you would do it, but I, going as far down as the Texans' backup running back, I, I'm not entirely sure. I'd, I'd maybe consider Blue and DFS if something were to happen to Miller, but uh, you know, don't get too excited about using my last bench spot on. Yep, fair enough.
1: Um, last week we were hits and misses. Uh, P Ryan was a hit. Latavius, uh, that's my guy. Latavius. We kept talking about Latavius. That's that's the one thing. he's, he's the only guy making me look smart this year. Um, mm-hmm. P. Ryan Woodhead Jamal Williams uh, Rod Smith was just okay. I want I want to start here with let's go P. Ryan. He's still thirty five percent owned, and he is mm-hmm. now. I mean, we talked last week about Jay Gruden saying things that that would suggest he, he was going to have a nice role because he started talking about he's the kind of guy who you know once he gets more work he's going to get in his rhythm. He's a low gravity runner. And, you, know, like, you felt like he was he he was making. He was talking about reasons why he was going to use this guy. Now that Chris Thompson's out, he kind of has to use him.
3: Mm -hmm. Yeah, he's he's absolutely using him the rest of the rest of the way out. I mean, their backups, Byron Marshall, and that's a that's a Hail Mary for your 16 or 20 team leagues, I guess. Um, But P. Ryan's the guy and there's really nobody standing in his way, even on even on third downs, because, of course, Chris Thompson out. Rob Kelly already on IR. Um, P. Ryan's going to win the award for Latarski's most added and dropped player in a single season. Cause mm-hmm. I think I dropped him three times and I picked him back up. Now, pretty much I liked him coming out of Oklahoma and it took a while for him to get in the swing of things. And it took a Rob Kelly injury to get things going. But, um, the rest of the way out, this is his, this is his game. And, uh, there's a league where I'm going to start cousins and P Ryan and s- sometimes, not always, but sometimes Doxon and, uh, I, I'm going to count on that matchup and that Washington offense moving forward. I, I like P. Ryan. Look at the upcoming schedule. You get a Giants team that, well, maybe they show differently against the Chiefs, but largely doesn't really care. They don't have a lot to play for um, outside of, you know, being professionals and all that. And then they go to Dallas. That's been disastrous against the run without Sean Lee. So it's a nice little run of matchups for P. Ryan to help you lock down those playoff spots or get you your first one. Um, and he's got to be the top overall pickup at just
1: 35%. Absolutely. Uh, he finally, you know, it's funny. He, he's one of those guys who in the beginning before the season, a lot of people were touting him because, and mostly because Rob Kelly's not that good, that Rob Kelly was a very beatable guy and, and Thompson didn't look like he was going to get the amount of work. So you could see this path for Piran Right. And now I think what people are going to say, people are going to sit here and look at Piran and say, see, we were right. And, that's fair because mm-hmm. he had a really great game against the Saints. But it's easy to. I, I almost think that even though people said it before the season, it's easy to say now. But actually, waiting till week 11 for a guy to have that kind of role and to
3: produce is really hard. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. The, uh, the leagues that I have him, like, I mean, I've added him, dropped him twice already because of the whole climb into the situation, but I was fortunate enough to grab him this week. And it looks like a lot of fantasy owners will be as well. I think he's someone, you know, you look at your whole roster from top to bottom, and then you look at the matchups the rest of the season. Will you start this player in the playoffs or not? Piran given the role in a couple of favorable matchups down the road. The answer to that question is yes, you will. You, there are several, several occasions, maybe not in the championship game against Denver week 15 against Arizona is tough, but there are a couple upcoming matchups where he's going to start and be featured and be very productive. All right. Um, next guy,
1: Devonte Booker, um, seems to have
3: take is taken over the right way to put it. Is that too aggressive or is that right? Yeah. I mean, when you are out on the field, uh, for 59% of your team's snaps and what's supposed to be a three headed timeshare, I think that you can say taken over. He was out there for 48 snaps. Now CJ Anderson did score and, uh, you know, he was on the field for 29 snaps. J- Jamal Charles, complete afterthought, season low four snaps. So uh, this seems like it's the Booker show, despite uh, despite Anderson getting the touchdown. And, and Booker was someone who I liked a lot as an early season sleeper last year. Sometimes you get too far ahead of these guys before they actually have a chance to develop. But after starting the year hurt, Booker is ready to go and back in action here. And uh, I- I'm going to trust that pretty pretty highly the rest of the season i mean 3.1 yards per carry isn't anything to get too excited about but anderson only produced 2.8 yards per carry but it's the receptions and the targets uh you know after demarius thomas and emmanuel sanders someone's got to catch the passes and booker was targeted six times caught five of those for 54 so that's encouraging as well for those ppr guys uh booker uh you know not to get too far out of ahead of ourselves but definitely the number two running back pickup for me this week okay um danny woodhead
1: Derek and i talked yesterday about Woodhead and Buck Allen, and and was my my fears came true in that I I looked ahead to a lot of people were asking last week, hey, should I start Woodhead? I'm sure you got those a lot too, and mm-hmm. I kept saying no because Allen's still there, and you don't. I mean, you you it's it's presumptuous to think that Woodhead would take all of Allen's work. Well, mm-hmm. Woodhead it's- comes in, he plays 13 sounds he did catch five passes, but what happened mm-hmm. is. Woodhead didn't so much produce well as much as he killed Buck Allen. He just he wrecked his fantasy value because now
3: he sort of took Allen's role and he does it better.
1: Yeah, but he's fighting for a share of Woodhead's role now. Now, do you think they're just going to bury Allen? Do you think he does it better? I don't know if he does it
3: better. I I feel like some of this could just be you know they signed this guy, brought him in in the off season. You know, risk involved, but you know they had a – role envisioned for him. And now he finally has a chance to fulfill this role. I'm not necessarily sure he does it better, but you know, if he catches five passes in a game that the Ravens are winning pretty comfortably from start to finish, what's going to happen when the Ravens are behind in a game, which we know is going to happen coming up here, maybe not so much against Houston, but possible. I mean, they got Detroit Pittsburgh at Cleveland. I mean, so they're going to be behind in probably two or three of these next three games. Then they're going to need a pass catching back like Woodhead. He's going to get a lot more than 13 snaps. And like I said, he catches five in a winning effort. What happens when they're losing and have to go to that more often? So it's an interesting fantasy situation. Uh, Again, of course, probably limited to PPR leagues for Woodhead. Right. Yeah,
1: I I still don't. I still don't see myself picking up Woodhead pretty much anywhere.
3: Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, I don't plan on it. There's one PPR league where I'm struggling for backs until – the hopeful fantasy championship and the return of Ezekiel Elliott. But even in that league, Woodhead's already owned. So, you know, my half point PPR and my other leagues, uh, there's not a lot of interest there.
1: All right. Um, Eagles. I, I don't know. Now. Now we got a four headed backfield.
3: I mean, yeah. I know Barner. played yeah, it's play two
1: snaps but But it's funny. I I, I I turned on the game Sunday night and I looked. <laughs> I said, you know, because I had a guy in one league that that I pay. Let's say you pay more attention. to Some leagues than others. You pay attention. to All of them. And I'm watching for a and I'm going, you know, oh, I hope it's not Blunt. Oh, it's Barner. Huh. What do you know? No. I mean, he didn't well, play much, but, you know, it adds another wrinkle.
3: Yeah, and then, of course, Corey Clement is involved. Six carries for 50 yards and a score. Everything on paper, you know, after, after Ajayi was used surprisingly in that matchup against Denver when he just got into town and they had their bye, then you look and he's got a matchup coming off the bye at Dallas. No Sean Lee, plenty of time to compare, per, prepare, oh let's get let's get a jai in the game plan. I actually had him in d f s pretty much across the board because I thought the price was pretty reasonable too, and he saved owners a little bit by that seventy two yard run, but uh other than that, the workload was limited and yeah. a little bit concerning for me, yeah, absolutely that run saved any
1: that he he saved your day it saved your day if you started him. um, I want to go back to that Seattle game we talked about it's too bad that Mike Davis got hurt because he he would have been interesting. He would have been a topic of discussion today uh is is j so last night let's see so Rawls was a healthy scratch lacey didn 't do anything mckissick got more work than we're used to maybe it 's because they were down for a lot of the game but is it's how are we at the point with mckissick where you're where you're interested in i mean let's say p p r s which is where you would think he's he's more attractive
3: yeah you know it would be limited to p p r formats and it's interesting because there aren 't really any other options but I I don't really see him leading the team and rushing the rest of the way out. If anything, that Russell Wilson has the edge because yeah. of uh, uh, of the mess that they've had there. So uh, overall, um, I don't know. There's there's some love for him, but you know, at five ten, less than two hundred pounds, I don't see him getting a ton of goal line work. He's only got one rushing touchdown on the year. Um, so uh, it's lukewarm interest, and, and it would have to be a very specific situation. Did you know? I didn't know this until today. I was looking, I, I pulled up the RotoR
1: page on McKissick. Did you know he had 289 receptions in college? Ooh. No,
2: 289.
1: I, know, I knew he caught the ball a lot. I didn't know it was that many. In four years, that's a heck of a lot mm-hmm. of receptions.
3: Yeah, I mean, you're basically a receiver at that point. Then, you know, there's NFL yes. receivers that don't uh, get that. And, uh, geez, when he was 18 years old, he caught 100 balls. Right. Wow. Yeah, he's, uh,
1: well, he was a receiver, right? Wasn't he a receiver there? Hold, please. Multi. Multi position player is so he was kind of all over the place a little bit, but um, mm-hmm. first year he was a receiver and then he was a running back return specialist, blah blah blah. I'm reading some random mm-hmm. stuff, but that's a lot of catches. All right, um, he's nine percent ownership. The other guys I wanted to talk about after what happened to the Panthers in week 10, Jonathan Stewart getting 100 yards are you I I hesitate to get back in here
3: Mm -hmm. yeah you know a lot of that was game flow and they kept giving him the ball and running the ball I still think uh, the number one fantasy producer the rest of the year even in non-PPR is most likely going to be Christian McCaffrey I just see him to continue to grow
1: yeah Um, Stewart 36 percent ownership Damian Williams 35 percent now Damian Williams uh, we talked about yesterday he had much better production than Kenyon Drake Um, but it was all on one play yeah, I think he has a 69-yard run or something. So Damian Williams, don't, get, don't look at the production get too excited because the snap, it's still a timeshare mm-hmm. there. And I think Drake yes, had the advantage. Sure. Yeah.
3: yeah. All right. Ah, Drake played pretty poorly, but, yes, yeah, still has the advantage. Who, th- top three.
1: Oh, sorry, last guy I want to mention. Um, Austin Eakler again. We talked about him last week because he got a lot of work against mm-hmm. the Pats. Um, comes back this This week's hard to tell. Seemed like Gordon, while, I was going to say, while the game was still in doubt, It was Gordon, but it really wasn't in doubt. Do you have any interest in in Austin Eckler?
3: No, he's one of those players that I toss on the list just to caution people against like, yeah, he's going to show up on a lot of lists and maybe deep flyers. But Gordon's foot looks just fine. And the blowout nature of the contest had a lot to do with the fact that his snaps were even close to Gordon's. Once the Chargers get out ahead here or, you know, moving forward, you know, they've uh, rested Gordon, I think. For a little bit of the stretch, Gordon's going to take back over. I don't think there's really much, if any, fantasy value in Eckler. Okay. Um, top three running backs, go. Man, one's P. Ryan for sure. Two is Devontae Booker. Um, three, I guess, you know, I mentioned not liking him, but I guess I got to go Woodhead just because there aren't a lot of other options. If if I'm talking PPR instead
1: of standard, is P. Ryan still ahead of Booker? Um.
3: Yes, I trust the volume. I agree.
1: All right. FanDuel is fantasy football for everyday fans with new contests starting every week. No busted seasons. There's something for everyone. Lots of contests to choose from that start at just a buck. If you can't spend really a buck this week to, to try to win a lot of money, I think it's totally worth it for you. Just pick a contest, choose your team and watch your score real time. Um, I was looking at the, uh, the Sunday. There's actually a Thursday million and a Sunday million this week. 2 200k to first for the Thursday only slate which is a fun way to watch on Thanksgiving um while you also play DVR's game and uh 250 to first place on Sunday. I was looking at Sunday, Booker's only 5500 at running back. Now it's a 0.5 PPR in FanDuel but that's that's pretty nice for a guy who we think is going to get 15 plus touches
3: against a really bad
1: defense in Oakland.
3: Yeah, he's definitely I mean, man this game, uh, you know, like I said, the over-under on, on it is low. I mentioned that earlier in the show. But this matchup and that salary, that seems like a pretty, pretty safe play here. When I've been I've been getting burned by using the wrong high-priced running backs lately. Like, I was burned a little bit by Kareem Hunt having an average showing last week and, and none of the other really elite guys coming through. So, And, you know, Fournette, another top-priced guy that's touchy. So maybe it's the week to save on running backs by going with guys like Booker. Maybe so.
1: Um, P. Ryan's not expensive either. Uh, A.J. Green's going to be your chalky wide receiver against the Browns at 8,300 which is not a premium price it's less than antonio anyway um and the pats d at home for 4,700 against a dolphins team that will probably sign some mediocre or worse quarterback whoever it may be mm-hmm. so uh that's gimme yeah uh we'd probably rather have B be cutler he's more turnover prone than matt Moore. i would guess would mm-hmm. don't you think
3: yeah, it's going to be sad for me when when Jay Cutler leaves the league and actually retires one day. I got so many good years as a Packer fan watching him throw us the ball over <laughs> and over again. And it's still the same old Jay. I mean, three picks last week. Uh, yeah. You know, he shows the flashes here and there. But, uh, uh, man, I'll, I'll miss Jay Cutler one day. He was I had him on a, on a DFS lineup that the, the rest of the
1: lineup actually looked good. Yeah. But and, and the logic was good because it wound up that Moore did OK. I had a Cutler Landry. And mm-hmm. then when I saw Cutler, I like, I, you know, early, I said, I don't care if he throws three picks. He can just keep throwing all day and he'll be OK. And mm-hmm. then he wasn't. Folks, over two and a half million players have won a cash prize playing on FanDuel. To take advantage of our special offer for new users, sign up today at FanDuel.com slash RW. You get a free six-month Roto-Wire subscription plus a free entry into the NFL Sunday Million, which offers more than one million in cash prizes. And that's with your first deposit on FanDuel. Just mm-hmm. visit FanDuel.com slash RW. Void where prohibited. So, again, you want to make that deposit. With FanDuel.com fan, slash RW, you'll get a free entry into the Sunday Million, and you're going to want to throw some money in on Thursday as well with that deposit money. Wide receivers. Okay, I have something that I never thought I'd ask. Could you drop Jordy Nelson in, let's say, a 10-team league?
3: I think you could,
1: which is a crazy thing to say. Would you? Um, would I? It depends who you can get, but do you think so? Could Would you look at him in a 10-team league, look at Jordy yeah. Nelson's name on your roster
3: and go, nah, I still can't do it. This is tough. Even after, you know, the really, really poor showing against Baltimore, I guess the back of my mind still wants to hang on to hope in the thought of Aaron Rodgers maybe coming back. Now, the Packers have to win a game or two for that to even be viable. But in the back of my mind, there's a the thought of Rodgers maybe coming back towards the end of the year and then giving Jordy Nelson some more value. We've talked about this in the past that compared to Devontae Adams, Jordy Nelson's the guy that takes the biggest hit from Rodgers because Jordy's the guy that benefits from the pinpoint accuracy back shoulder fades the tight closed windows in the red zone. That's where Jordy thrives. Devontae can thrive in the screen game. He goes over the middle a lot more. He's someone that Hundley loves to go to. But Jordy, on the other hand, just not producing. So if you're in a really bad pinch, I could see you um, making that move. But I'd have a real tough time doing that. Of course, you look to your second kicker, look to your second defense, uh, any other receiver. There's no need to keep four different receivers on your bench at this point in the year unless you're really mixing and matching every week. Uh, I have a tough time doing it, but it's in play.
1: OK, fair enough. The other guy you can think of, a Kelvin Benjamin hurt his knee they said they were worried about the acl and it's not the acl but it sounds like he might be out for a little while um we don't have a lot of clarity on it but i don't know if you need to keep kelvin benjamin around right now considering Mm -hmm. the bills weird quarterback situation um benjamin being hurt playoffs coming up soon for you etc etc um your boy josh doxson pretty good
3: pretty pretty good Mm -hmm. Yeah, he's starting to really uh, get after it again. Not a crazy explosive stat line Four for 81, I believe. Most of that was in the first half here. Um, But of course, the Redskins started playing much poorer in the second half, definitely towards the uh, back end. But uh, the team trends page on rotowire.com is is incredible. I can't tell that enough, Um, but you can look. I can just click Washington wide receivers percent of snaps and since week 7 it's been 84%, 80%, 89%, 92%, 87% and and the volume and or the production hasn't been 100% there yet but it's ticking up in the right direction and then, of course, you have Terrell Pryor finally placed on IR with an ankle injury. I guess we could have thrown him on the drop candidates. I mean, we, we had him as a drop candidate weeks ago at this point. Um, but there's no lingering threat of that going on in the background. So you're looking at Josh Doxson 1A and Jamison Crowder 1B the way this is going. Actually, this past week, it was more Ryan Grant than anything else. But uh, Doxson is starting to gain the favor of uh, of Cousins, and he's only going to get better and better the rest of the season. I use a one or two dollar lineup on FanDuel every single week with a Cousins Dachshund stack or at least get Dachshund into one lineup because he's always fifty two to fifty five hundred on FanDuel which is pretty cheap for a for a wide out and because one of these weeks he's gonna go for one fifty and two scores and he's gonna he's gonna win people tournaments and and lock up and decide playoff matchups here um it's coming guys I really like him all right
1: um yeah you're gonna get it one of these weeks and and Ryan Grant he did he had that touchdown it was on a blown coverage but you know, score's mm-hmm. a score. Um, Corey Coleman. So Corey Coleman's interesting. They're playing the Bengals this week, right? So at home. Um, so Corey Coleman comes back. He gets 11 targets, catches six for 80 and against, against the Jags. That's pretty darn good against the Jags. And mm-hmm. you say, hey, I mean, he's pretty clearly their number one receiver. So you think this weekend, I, I mean, I'm thinking I haven't done my rankings yet. He's going to be in my top 30. Absolutely. Right. But. Yeah, without a doubt. Next week josh gordon's back now we've talked about the fact that i i don't want really anything to do with josh gordon i just don't you know ba- basically i wouldn't invest anything or, or including any sort of valuable minimal value roster spot to pick up josh gordon because i just don't see this happening but if you are a cory coleman believer this it, you at least
3: have to acknowledge the threat from josh gordon Mm -hmm. It's a threat, but I don't think Gordon comes in and cuts into the double digit targets of Coleman right away. I can see them more. um, The bigger threat would be the six combined targets for Kenny Britt and Ricardo Lewis in that game, because when if. Everything about Gordon we're hearing is true, and that he's in really good shape, and that he's fine with the speed of the game. Um, he'll presumably eventually grow into that, you know, wide receiver role right alongside Corey Coleman, and both can be productive. A lot of that hinges on the uh, value of Kaiser. I'm I'm almost as worried about the play of Kaiser affecting Gordon's value than any any other history, which is uh, which is uh, crazy considering what's going on now. I own Gordon in our 14-team stake league. Um, again, need just took a flyer on him because why not at this point, if there's someone that you look ahead and aren't going to use the rest of the year, maybe go after him, you know, what's the worst that can happen. He's, he's takes the spot of someone who's getting a running back or someone that's getting you five points a game on your bench. Um, so there's, there's some appeal there, but, uh, I still think Corey Coleman is the top and safer wide receiving target to look towards on this team. So the, the thing I wanted to
1: point out to you there, I agree with you. On all this, Um, when Josh Gordon led the NFL in receiving in 2013, his quarterbacks were Jason Campbell, Brandon Whedon and Brian Hoyer. Very fair. So now we could argue that at this point, Kaiser's worse than all of them. Certainly
3: more turnover prone. Yeah.
1: I mean, he's definitely more disaster prone, certainly. But. I mean one, but but again, Josh Ward, I agree with you. Like basically, uh, you know, th- everybody talks about how he led the league in receiving. Yes, in twenty four, in twenty thirteen, that's a long time ago, and I'm not mm-hmm. seeing. It. Maybe it'll happen at some point. I wouldn't bet on it happening now. So
3: he's still young-ish. I mean, he's on the right side of yeah. thirty. So
1: sure, I hope he does well. I really do. Just you know, mm-hmm. no thank you for fantasy football twenty seventeen on that. Um, all right, so the Giants, Sterling Shepard. What a weird one. Sterling yeah. Shepard was. Everyone was fired up about using Sterling Shepherd because he'd so many, he had he gotten so many looks the week before. And mm-hmm. then he was – Sunday morning news breaks that he has migraines. He's not going to play. Yeah, is that Percy Harvin or – Yeah, it's terrible and he's not nearly as fast as Percy Harvin. Um, the other guy – I mean no way. They're playing at Washington Thursday night.
3: Yeah, you know, I'm not no, touching. thank you. No, no oh. Tavares King, no Roger Lewis. The, no. You know, the big the biggest downside of the Shepard injury is that made me like, oh, man, I got to put Evan Ingram in as my flex over guys like Latavius Murray and yeah. Duke Johnson. Great. Lost that matchup. But <laughs> because I had uh, that's a league where I've Gronk as my tight end and and Ingram is a maybe flex person at this point. But uh, cost me the matchup by m- making me get rid of my good running backs. So uh, that was tough. But uh, moving forward. You'd think Shepard will be fine. I don't know how long term or how serious of a health concern this actually is, but uh, he'll he'll be okay. He's still ownable. Yeah, um, I guess is what I'm saying.
1: Yeah, I, I think Shepard is ownable. And the and the weather hurt you in that game too for starting anybody just because it was it that held the scoring down, held everything down. A um, couple other guys I want to talk about. So Robert Woods, who has been terrific for us, uh, shoulder injury sounds like he's going to miss uh, at least a couple of weeks. Yeah, so, that's what
3: McFay said.
1: Do you go back in? On Cooper Cup
3: for this week's game against the Saints in a PPR league actually yeah I, I wouldn't mind doing that and I might look take a look at him on FanDuel as well um, you know he brought in six or seven targets for 64 yards last week the concerning part is he did lose the fumble um, but seven targets in each of the last two games I mean you only had double digit targets once this year but you can only expect so much against the Saints yeah, again the defense is much better than people have historically put in their mindset for uh, what the saints are as a defense but i don't know i think cooper cup could be a viable option this year he could be a third wide receiver in a 14 team league i mean right now in our stake league my wide receiver three is ted ginn and i'd probably rather have cooper cup in that spot and cooper cup 51
1: percent owned on
3: yahoo everybody um
1: okay cory davis who we've talked about and and i think Who was it last Thursday night? I was watching the game and then, you know, looking at Twitter. Scott Pienowski from Yahoo Mm -hmm. said something on Corey Davis to the effect of, you know, we were all buying Corey Davis last week. And, you know, because and and I think Scott's point was, you know, the snaps and targets are great. But at some point they've got to come with production. And he's right. You know, it's we keep we look at the volume, And I know I do this, you know, logically, I look at Corey Davis the week before and he was on the field for 78 snaps. And, you know, he's four for 48 on 10 targets. And I said, you know, and he's super talented. And I'm going, it's coming. I know it's coming. And then against the Steelers, who are good, very good on defense. It didn't come. And now, I mean, this week you're at Indy, which has given up big hunks of yards to opposing wide receivers, Do do you are you eager if you own Corey Davis? He's the kind of guy in most leagues who's a he's not a lock of a
3: start, but he's not a must bench. He's sort of a maybe. Yes, he's sort of a maybe. And that's how I continue to view it. I can see wide receiver three type spot if you have to. But I'm going to bench him this week, see how he does against the Colts. That's going to be the litmus test for me. If he has another one of those fancy, um, you know, almost double digit targets, but doesn't produce anything. Then I probably sit him if he actually shows takes a few steps in the right direction and him and Mariota are able to connect, then I'll definitely be trotting him out there against Houston, who also has given up big chunks of yardage in the passing game towards the end of games a lot this year, so I don't think you can cut Corey Davis, but I'm trying to keep him out of my starting lineup if possible see i really I really want to play
1: against the Colts I, I mean it depends on what else I have, obviously, but so like I'm starting I, I want Mike Evans. In-
3: I'm starting Mike Evans and Juju Smith-Schuster. And then my flex spot, it's between Corey Davis and Devontae Parker. So that's what I'm looking at. Parker kind of a letdown last week, although he did play a little bit better with Matt Moore in the game, which is interesting. So that's my current dilemma for a wide receiver unless I go to one of my running backs, which is looking more likely. And Juju's at home against the Packers. Mm -hmm. That seems like I got to throw him in there.
1: (laughs) And Parker is at the Pats. Parker's an interesting one because – He's another one you, you've seen. I mean, the work, it hasn't been like David's interesting, but, you know, there's a lot of potential there. And mm-hmm. you look at the Pats numbers, it, you're tempted to fall for the Pats numbers and say it's a good match, but it's not. The Pats defense has been playing a lot better lately. It's, it's kind of, mm-hmm. you know, a switch flip somewhere along the way with them. Uh, but, but more accurately, the coaches figured it out like they always do every year whenever they have problems with the Patriots. But Parker, there were some rumors last week, some stories that were saying, remember in the offseason, they were talking him up. And he's going to be a mm-hmm. monster and, you know, he's, he's figured it out. And then last week, some, one of the coaches said something to the effect of, you know, it basically it hinted at some motivation issues that, well, maybe it's, you know, they, they need to get more out of them and you go, Oh
3: no, not this, not again. Yeah. Yeah, I got to go to this. I mean, he was someone I was just so excited about in the preseason just because of the way that Jay was looking at him. He was looking at him almost like he used to look at Elshon Jeffrey, and I thought this was going to be a situation where they forced him the ball a lot. Now, his snap count is still solid. He's still out there on the field. Fifty seven snaps last week, actually more than Jarvis Landry, you know, over 50 in three straight weeks. So ever since he's come back, he's been out there on the field. But they're looking to Kenny Stills more, who is uh, what what do we have here? Thirty nine percent owned. And I guess. I guess maybe in play, but if I'm a Parker owner where I am in two leagues, I actually traded him for Joe Mixon straight up in a league last week, right Ooh. before the deadline. And, um, and if I'm, I still have him in two leagues cause I got way too much of them this, this off season and draft season. Um, I wouldn't drop him for stills. outright. I still like his ceiling a little bit better. All right. And uh, you mentioned stills other guys. I want to, it's sort of some housekeeping guys,
1: low ownership. The last three guys, Dontrell, Inman, 13 percent, Bruce Ellington, 7 percent, Zay Jones, 7 percent. They got some tar- some looks last week. Any interest in any of them?
3: I, I, you know, I think you have it in a pretty correct order there. I guess Inman would be kind of the guy here. But, yeah, I don't get excited about it, really. OK. Um, top
1: three. Doxon's obviously your first wide receiver. Mm-hmm. Who's second?
3: Um, I'm going to go Coleman followed by Cup. OK. Got it. All right. I'm writing it down. Uh,
1: Tight ends, uh, drops. Most tight ends are drop candidates.
3: But I mean, at, at this point, if you're not starting them in the playoffs or you have a reliable, I mean, there's probably five or six owners that can cut their tight end to, you know, the Kelsey, the Gronk. Yeah. It's those types of owners, uh, the, you know, Jimmy Graham owners. He left and came back to that game last night. He looks like he's fine. Those types of guys. But, um, you know, there might be some mix and match moving forward, but yeah, Hooper Hooper's a tough one. Uh, I did, I have liked his volume lately, but he just, he didn't do a whole lot against Seattle, but Seattle can be tough against tight ends. Right. And Toilolo got to touch that. That was brutal. Um, <laughs>
1: you like tight end. Oh no, it's the wrong one. Um, Witten. I mean, he's another one you can, I mean, the volume is hit and miss. Uh, I don't know. I mean, most guys. I think basically after Kelsey Gronk, Ertz, Graham, Ingram, for me, Doyle, and probably Walker. Then you're then everyone's on the table. Maybe not. Cook Cook's been good enough to keep. Cook's a guy you wouldn't tell anyone to drop. You you Mm -hmm. would say old because he's been enough.
3: Cook's got a pretty good matchup this week, I, I believe, in terms of you know guys. I think Denver's. Um, they've given up more points to tight ends than you'd expect if you look at the numbers because their corners are so good. I think opposing quarterbacks tend to, you know, follow the Patriot model and focus in on the tight ends where there are matchup problems.
1: Right. And um, obviously Jordan Reed, if uh, Jordan Reed or Vernon Davis, if, if Jordan Reed is still out. Um,
3: mm-hmm. yeah, the, the Giants, yeah, those guys are
1: reliable. The Giants finally didn't give up a, t- a touchdown to a tight end. Right.
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah, which was amazing. Yeah. I, I, I didn't expect that, but I, Kelsey still had a pretty dang good day, 109 yards. Right.
1: that um, was their first game all year that they didn't give one up. Um, Jordan Reed, uh, Thanksgiving. It sounds like it's gonna be, yeah, Vernon Davis is a, is a lock to play for you. Um, other guys here, I mean, if you're picking up or streaming or whatever it might be, O.J. Howard, you know, he got a touchdown. And he had four targets. And it was fine. Jesse James. You know, eight targets. I mean, Ben likes throwing to him in the red zone. we will say that. And he got a touchdown. Mm-hmm. Um, Shaheen on the Bears. We've been talking. I think Tim Heaney's been talking about him getting involved. He went four for 41 on a score. That was pretty nice. Uh, I'm rattling through these guys. And we talked to Derek and I talked about Ricky Seals Jones. We joked about it because mm-hmm. maybe that that might fit the, the you know, the, the stereotypical
3: backup quarterback thrown to the backup wide receiver or tight end. Mm-hmm. Second, know? third team offense at this point, really. Right. Cause um, he's behind, he's behind Gresham and Nicholas on our depth chart still. And G- Gabbert's the third. So third string, third string. Do any of those guys interest you? I mean, they don't interest me this week. No, not really. I mean, if I'm looking for a tight end, the first thing I look at is Greg Olson, who's 28% available somehow still, uh, he'll be back very soon. But right now my tight ends are either Travis Kelsey or Greg Olson. I've been using Vernon Davis and Greg Olson instead. And, um, Jeez, or Gronk. So I, I haven't. I admittedly maybe I'm not all in on the tight end, uh, you know, hunting this week. But you know, I wrote Howard on there because he had five more snaps than Cameron Braith. That's a little bit interesting. You know, James Shah- Shaheen from the Bears with Deion Sims out, he seems to be okay. All these guys we talk about are, are really for those rare two tight end leagues. Yeah.
1: Um. Ty- I was gonna mention Tyler Croft because he's playing the Browns, but you know, the last two weeks. I mean, he got a touchdown last week, but he only had three targets. So that's that's
3: pretty Mm -hmm. scary. Um, The other one. He also left the game with a right hand injury, just to be clear. So we want to watch Tyler Croft's practice time just to be safe. Uh, He's someone I have liked without Eifert around. um, But, you know, we'll see about that moving forward.
1: And um, I I mentioned to Derek yesterday and I could hear his eyes rolling uh, through the microphone. Eric Ebron perking up a little volume, perking up back, back up a little bit. And the last few weeks, you know, not huge production, but
3: not terrible. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, four catches last week. It touched on the week before. Decent, but, you know, not too excited about it, especially against the Vikings. All right. Um,
1: if you had to, if Greg Olson is off the table and you have to pick up one of these tight ends for this week, who is it?
3: Oh, geez. <laughs> I <laughs> it's mean, tough one, isn't it? I guess, I guess O.J. Howard. All right. Hope for a score. Okay. not feeling great. Yeah, I guess I'd I'd go Howard over over Shaheen or Seals Jones. I mean, if that's what we're dealing with here. But I I almost like our drop candidates in Hooper and Witten more than any of these guys. That's a that's a tough one, you know, because dropping Witten before Thanksgiving game is the surefire way to watch him get 10 catches.
1: Exactly. Um, Which we've seen
3: before Uh, defenses. Um, You seem shocked that
1: the Chargers are still at 35 percent ownership. And I agree with Mm -hmm. you.
3: Yeah, it's not just because of the huge day they put up against the Bills, which was, I, you know, I, I haven't seen, I, I didn't look at any lists of like the top 10 highest scoring single defensive fantasy days of all time, but that game might sneak in the list there. Uh, Melvin Ingram and Joey Bosa are monsters and they're going to get sacks, which is going to get you at least positive points from your defense. And there's a ton of big play ability spread across that defense. So at 35% ownership, I like them because the upcoming schedule, of course, we have we have at Dallas uh, an offense that has been pretty stagnant without Ezekiel Elliott. And then they get the Browns. Um, and then after that, Washington, Kansas City, a little bit tougher as you get into those uh, playoff weeks. But to get you into the playoffs, the next two week matchups are money.
1: Yep, they are. Um, the Chargers. By the way, we have a little. My Thanksgiving watching. Um, my in laws are all Cowboys fans. Um, mm-hmm. Thank goodness my wife isn't anymore. Uh, but my son is a Chargers fan. He has a Joey Bosa fat head on his wall. He wears Chargers jerseys to school basically every day, so it's going to be a little bit of a, going to be a little bit of a rumble over Thanksgiving dinner. I think. Yeah, that'll be. Uh, yeah, that'll be fun. That'll you be a fun matchup to watch. You don't get a lot of Chargers versus Cowboys rivalry games with people in the same room watching, so I guess you know, hey, whatever. Um, you mentioned the Raiders earlier with Brock Osweiler. They're available. They're terrible, but they're playing Brock Osweiler at home, so they're they're in the mix.
3: Yeah, at least I don't think they're going to get you negative fantasy points. They're dead last in fantasy points, uh, at least in the leagues that I looked at. I only started team defense in like one of my five main leagues that I, I watched closely, and I looked, and in that scoring system, they're low. So maybe if you're counting on a turnover or a pick six against Osweiler, they're in play. All
1: right. Um, other ones I want to mention. Uh, the Bengals are 42% against, at home against the Browns. They're at home, right? Wait, no. They're, they're at Cleveland. No, they're at Cincinnati. Sorry. Yeah. Um, so that's – I mean, that's certainly in the mix. The Titans are at Indy. I would say just watch. If Brissett is out, they're in play, even though they're another bad defense. Um, we talked about the Falcons earlier, they're home against Fitz. Uh, I guess the Redskins at 7% against the Giants.
3: Who, who, the Chargers are your favorite. Who's your second favorite? See, the Chargers are my favorite in terms of, like, rest of season appeal. All right. But, you know, if you're going just for Week 12, they're they're on the road matchup. I would actually probably do the Bengals number one yeah. with the safety of home. 42% is tough. They might not be available. And even the Falcons against Fitz look pretty encouraging. Just I mean, the way Claiborne's been playing lately is just out of his mind. Big plays. So maybe this week, like. Bengals won. I guess I want to put the Chargers slightly ahead of the Falcons just because they gave up a lot of points yesterday, but not by a wide margin against the number three Atlanta Falcons as a stream option. There's one more team I want to point out, and it's
1: certainly not for this week. It's the Bears. They are 23 percent owned. This week they're at Philly, and you certainly don't want any part of that. Week 13, they're home for the Niners. You'd prefer that be um, Beathard instead of Jimmy G. Then they're at Cincy at Detroit. Not great. Week 16, the Bears are home for the Browns. So Mm. if you're stashing, not too bad because the Bears are not a bad defense.
3: Yeah, they're not not bad defense at all. I mean, I don't know if I can stash the Bears defense for that long just waiting for the Browns matchup in the championship game. That's more or less a – Man, I'm out of the championship. Let's see how, many, how much of my losses I can recoup by playing DFS in week 16 and throwing the Bears in your FanDuel lineup. But FanDuel's pretty good about catching on to these prices of the Browns' opponents. So that might be tough too. I, but I, I see where you're coming from, John.
1: All right. One note at a kicker. I hate talking about kickers. But mm-hmm. if you like talking about kickers, Dan Bailey might kick for the Cowboys on Thursday. Now, mm-hmm. the matchup's not great, as we discussed, but Dan Bailey's a pretty good kicker, tends to kick a lot of field goals indoors indoors so you know just watch that if you if you were one of those people who owned dan bailey earlier and somehow kept him on your bench or whatever it might be dan bailey might kick on thursday listeners yes. to our podcast everybody can get a free 10-day rotowire trial at rotowire.com slash pod no credit card required so you can check out nearly all the features on the site including team trends all that stuff that jake talked about check it out now rotowire.com slash pod um so in addition to our 5:30 facebook live q a what else you got going on jake
3: well, I'll be watching the NFL news and staying on top of any situation that changes. Hopefully the two quarterback things get get us some more clarity uh, towards the start of the chat. But anything you want to talk about there, uh, there's UFC in Shanghai this weekend in the middle of the night. So, uh, you know, kind of watching that for that a little bit. In addition to college basketball being in full swing. I mean, we've got battle for Atlantis, PK 80, all of these early season tournaments. I mean, we saw the champions classic last week, the hall of fame classic. Um, it's, it's good for college basketball. Good non-conference litmus tests are coming up for a lot of these teams. So staying tuned into that as well. I, you know, I, I, I'm all over the place here. at RotoWire, wire, of course, getting the football things. Uh, football is always going to be my favorite sport at heart here, but continuing to watch the rest of those for you guys. And you uh, can answer your questions in that area as well.
1: I have a good friend who lives around here. His name's Kurt Pyers, and Kurt's, Kurt is a, he, he syndicates TV shows, like he helps with programming and production and things like that. He, mm-hmm. one of the con- consulting jobs he had every year for a long time was to secure the teams for the great Alaska shootout. <laughs> so, so basically, you know, when I ran into him at the airport. at so the Friday after Thanksgiving every year, he had to go. So he's like, you know, where are you going? Oh, Anchorage. Anchorage <laughs> Good luck. So- yeah, hey, that wouldn't be such a bad gig. No, it would be fun. But it was so funny because you know, you'd know try to get what a big team, let's say, you know, hey, Louisville's our headliner. And then I talked to, you know, Southwest Directional State something, you know, because you're not going to fill with eight superstar teams. So mm-hmm. but, yeah, it was kind of cool that, you know, like, oh, who are you going to get this year? Why don't you call this one? Like, not that I had any input, but it was fun to talk about. Okay. Mm-hmm everybody if you like this podcast we would appreciate it if you leave us a review and a rating um you've been doing that a lot and, and we thank you so much for it and we thank you for listening to this edition of the rotowire fantasy football podcast sponsored by FanDuel. this week we're going to change the schedule a little bit tim and i are going to go on wednesday afternoon instead of the usual thursday because it's thanksgiving and you don't want us mm-hmm. to work but we will be previewing the three thursday games we're going to focus on that instead of doing the usual game by game preview we're going to focus on the thursday games we're going to do this wednesday probably in the afternoon so you should see it three or four o'clock eastern something like that so come Want to check it out. Um, thanks a lot for Jacob Tarski. I'm John Halpin. See you on Wednesday.
2: Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about, but why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality.